are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're Beetle, burying the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is... trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 156. As always, presented by our friends, our great friends, our leaders, and everything else you want to call them at couchguysports.com. Check out everything on couchguysports.com from the daily blogs to all the podcasts on the network, to our Twitch channel, to our YouTube channel, to our store, everything else in between. I'm your host, Alan Hegan. We got the full crew tonight. We're recording a little later than usual, a little 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time starting time which is okay because we got the full crew here. We got Powder. We got Maddie Kiwoom. Guys, back. Back. that's about the only good thing that we can say is Maddie's back because this podcast <laughs> is just going it, to it's gonna be bad. But how are you guys? I'm great. I'm so happy to be back to talk sports with you, lads. I missed you. We missed you. Yeah, we, we missed, missed you, you and we needed you. Hi, Powder. Hey, how are you? I mean, you know, they, they, the bad thing we'll talk about in a little yeah. bit, you know, we'll, we'll unfortunately get there, but I mean, guys, we got to start up, start this off the same way we always do. Right. Yep. I think so. Maddie, are you tired being a dad all the time? Uh, no, I'm not. I love being a dad, but physically, oh boy, <laughs> I'm very tired all the time. Well, put it this way, Maddie, have you ever felt like you've been unable to focus you're tired and you're just low on energy. Yes. Matter of fact, daily. Daily. I, I, I think I, I think that's a common consensus amongst the three of us. We're always feeling tired at some point in the week. Yeah. But if you're feeling that way, we understand that feeling so well. And we understand it so well the, that the Legends Lingo podcast is brought to you by obviously the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shock Energy is a drink made by gamers and podcasters for gamers and podcasters. All their flavors come jam-packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Powder's just giving me the eyes right now. He's telling me focus up, and I'm, I'm making sure I keep that focus. Yep. Because Shock Energy's formulas are designed to specifically give you high-energy boosts when you need it the most, while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head on over to shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN, all capitals. That is C for couch, G for guy, S for sports, and N for network. Today, for 10% off your order, check out their green apple flavor and their watermelon flavor. And they actually, I think they got like little like energy drink shots. I think there's some different flavors in there too now. I'm not 100% on that, but I thought I saw that the other day on the Twitter. The nasal spray, the energy nasal spray now, you can get yourself some of that. Next okay, level. I didn't even know that. So there you go. Nasal spray. They got everything. Love here. that. And don't worry. If you are listening in any country around the world, we're talking yeah. Japan. We're talking, Maddie, name a random country. Macedonia. Macedonia. Powder, give me another Give me another random country. Madagascar. 
Okay, so Japan, Macedonia, Madagascar, you name it, Shocked Energy ships worldwide. Get your Shocked Energy today. Let us help you gain your focus and energy back. CGSN at checkout for 10% off your order. All right, guys, let's get this over with. Patriots, season comes to, I'd say, an abrupt end. Getting creamed. Like, let's just not sugarcoat. They got shellacked by their AFC East counterpart, the Buffalo Bills. Somewhere Zach Jezierro is skipping merrily and singing that funny, stupid song. You know the Bills make me want to shout, and I'm just like – Pounding away at my keyboard <laughs> and my desk because I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> he Patriots lose to the Bills. For, uh, don't give Zach that much. We, listen, we were game. all over his case after that first game, and we would have been all over him if they would, if Patriots were victorious this weekend. So you okay, know what? okay, his that that is false. That's false because no. you know this podcast doesn't do it it's another podcast on the network let's talk rule takes boys that would do that and i love you mike and liam you guys know that listen and they would have had every right to do it winner history is written by the winners and and smack talk is led by the winners as well that's that's a fair counterpoint i i I can give you that that that's very fair but let's just let's talk about this game because we want to talk about some happier stuff coming down the line hopefully we'll see Mm -hmm. but Patriots, losers in the wild card round, 47-17. So I want to ask you guys this to kind of open up our discussion. At what point in the game were you guys like, yeah, they don't have a shot. They're not winning this game. What, what was the exact moment or time in the game? For me, so with the ease, well, let me just kind of, I'll give you the full rundown of me watching this game. Patriots kick off the ball, and all week you were hearing how unsuccessful they've been stopping teams on the opening drive. So right there, I was starting to get not nervous, but like, oh, that's just not good. And then when Josh Allen broke off that, was it 30-something yard run up the sideline, I was like, oh, boy. And then when they scored, I was like, I'm not going to be the guy who says this game's over. So I didn't. I bit my tongue. And Mac came out. Kind of gone to blazing. They moved the ball right down the field, and he was about three to four inches away from an absolute dime for a touchdown. And right after that interception happened, I knew it was over. Okay. So the Micah Hyde interception for you was the moment where you were like, okay, yeah, this, this because game, the, the, over. the last two times, the, the, the second matchup, Josh Allen was good. And then I just figured being at home, he already showed the Patriots that he can break one off and show me wasn't scared. I just, mm-hmm. my gut was telling me that a- after they were unsuccessful, making it seven, seven, or even seven to three, I knew it was going to be a long day for the New England Patriots. Yeah. Powder. How about you? Um, I miss open drive and I just missed, I must've turned the TV on right after the interception. Um, but when I kind of thought it was over as the second interception, I can't remember whose hands it hit off of, but, uh, when I, hit off the receiver's hands. Um, that just, at that moment, they're down like 17-7 and seven already, and I was just like, I don't think they have any chance. Like, I thought they were going to mount, like, make it close, start making game out of it there. And then it just seemed like after that, every drive, they just could not get anything started. Okay. So, so there were a couple moments where I was like, okay, it's not the Patriots' night and their season's over. 
The first one was the Micah Hyde interception because he covered, he was like a center fielder. He covered a ton of ground, shaded yeah. over to where Nelson Aguilar was and just made a great play. Like I thought, play. I thought at first Aguilar like came down with it and he had it. Then all of a sudden I see Micah Hyde holding up the ball. I was like, oh no. Like I was sitting on the couch, my, my mouth dropped. But before that play, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Brandon Bolden drop, and he was, was wide huge. open. Wide open. That was like a 25, that was like a 25 yard pass, too. Mm-hmm. That would have been a big game. You would have been in Bill's territory. And honestly, you might not have called that next play. You might not have called that pass. You might have tried to run the ball a little bit more and see what the defense gave you and maybe got some points out of it and still make it a one score game. Mm-hmm. But this, listen, this defense, I don't know what happened after that bye week, after they beat Buffalo in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. If they got a little full of themselves, if they thought they didn't really need to show up, I don't know what it was. But the last four games of the year, actually, yeah, we're going to say four. We're going to exclude the Jaguars game because the Jaguars game was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You think You think about the last four games of the season. 27 points given up against the Colts, 33 points given up against the Bills at home. You give up 10 points against the Jaguars. Like I said, we're not going to we're not going to discuss that game. Really 27 points against the Dolphins cuz that last touchdown was, you know, garbage time, mm-hmm. like the, the fluky. And then 47 points given up in the wild card game in the biggest game of the year. Like something was up with that defense and honestly, I think it was old. I think it's because they're older. I think they're mm-hmm. slower. I think mm-hmm. their linebacking core is very slow. I love Donta Hightower. I appreciate what he did in Super Bowl 51 against the Falcons, strip sacking Matt Ryan. But I think his better days are behind him. And I, and like I said, I love Donta Hightower. Yeah. I think Kyle Van Noy is a very good player, but there are some moments where he looked very, very slow. And honestly, there, there's going to be some guys that aren't going to be here next year. Yeah. And yeah. we can we can get into that in a second. Put it this way. The dust has settled. It's been about three days since the loss. What do you take away from the game? And what do you take away from this season? So that's the two-parter. One key, one takeaway that you had from this game and one takeaway that you had coming from the season. If you guys want to buy some time, I can go first. Or if you guys yeah. have it, take the floor. You want me no, to go why don't first? You, you go first. You went last in the first take. Why don't you go first? Get us kicked uh, off, baby. All right. We'll kick it off. So get started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. All right. The one takeaway I had from the game, the Bills are better than you right now. I don't think they're significantly better, but I think they're better. I don't think they're miles ahead of you, but I think they are a decent amount better than you right now. They got the better quarterback right now because he's established. He's had a couple of years under his belt. He's got the rocket arm and he's mobile. Right now they have the young defense that's fast. They have a good head coach, just like the Patriots do. The Bills are better than you right now. And I don't care. You won that game in Buffalo. It was a fluke. I'm sorry. It was. If the, if the temperature was better, weather conditions are better, Buffalo probably wins that game too. They do. Mm-hmm. As far as for the season, and I'm seeing like Colin Cower coming out and like saying the opposite here. And some of these jokers on 98.5 and 93.7 and everything guys, Mac Jones is your answer at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Simple. He's a competitor. He's smart. Most of the time he makes good decisions 
and he can improve things like arm strength. He can improve things like reading defenses. He is your answer long-term at quarterback right now. Like Colin Coward was saying, oh, you should try to trade Mac Jones right now, get a Super Bowl winning quarterback for what? Like, unless you're getting, unless you're getting like Patrick Mahomes or you're getting Josh Allen or you're getting someone like that. No, don't trade him. Let me ask you this. Would you trade Mac Jones for Russ Wilson? No, I wouldn't. Okay, because that's the only Super Bowl winning quarterback that I think that's available out there. Yeah, maybe Aaron Rodgers, but you don't go get him in a system like this. The two will clash this late in his career. But Russ Wilson might be appealing to some. If you asked me one year earlier, Matty, I'd say yes. But the injury that he had concerns me a little bit. I'm a big believer in injuries can kind of hinder guys and everything else and kind of take things Mm -hmm. back. So, But otherwise, nine out of ten times I'd say yes, but it's the one time I'm going to say no. Okay. Give me Mac. Give me ten to f- potentially fifteen years of Mac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's way go from there. I mean, you can't discount that. No, and ride it. Just yeah. ride it. All right, I gave you my takeaways. Who's got the next one? I'll take it next if you don't mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, uh, a lot of the same thoughts you had. So I guess I'll just piggyback it. First of all, I do think the Bills are miles ahead of the Patriots, but I think the coaching of the Patriots is a nice pair of binoculars. So it makes you feel a lot closer, but Rossa for Rossa, the Patriots just can't handle the bills. Bills are loaded right now. Uh, But the takeaway I took from this game was Mac can handle the spotlight, man. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever type of skill set you want to put on this guy, however, whatever comp you want to give him, how whatever grade you want to give him in his rookie season teach their own, but it's, undeniable that he can handle the spotlight because yeah, his stats don't really pop off the page at you. 232, two touchdowns, two picks, but we already talked about the Micah high pick. That was insane. That's not on Mac. And it was a tip pass for the second one. So, I mean, you could kind of talk away both. You might not. The second one, I would blame Mac a little bit for throwing double coverage. That's still one and one. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that first touchdown goes and he's three touchdowns in the, you know, the 30 yards that would have been passing, that stat line looks a hell of a lot better. So I think he's ready for it. My season long takeaway is if you want to win with Mac Jones with Bill Belichick, because let's be real, he doesn't have 10. There's no way he's coaching to 80. I give it like three to five. And if you yeah. want to win with that combination, they need to put a better offensive team and a better defensive team around him. Because if they keep it like this, they will just look like a discount 49ers. And they just don't have the horses to get going like a team like the Niners. Now, if they come away with, and I'm not saying use high end draft capital on a receiver, I'm just saying get it right. I know that's really hard to do. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend I could do it or, or, or they are, they're going to get it wrong. Even though historically it shows they have, if they can just land some playmakers, however they have to make it. I think that's huge for them. And some may say that open up the playbook to year two for Mac might be enough. And I'm not going to discount that. That could very well be the case because I like what I saw out of Kendrick Bourne. That's another season takeaway. Kendrick Bourne's a baller. I'm Mm -hmm. so happy he's here. I really think he can help this team out, but you know, as good as he's looked, he's not an alpha. And in game situations like this, when you need to rely on just a stud to make a stud play, that's the type of player I think they are missing right now. Now could, you know, someone develop into that? Sure. I know. I don't know. But when you're probably best well-rounded position players is your tight end, your running backs, it just doesn't give the, the quarterback enough margin for error. Right. Yeah. I, agree, I agree with all that. The, the one thing that I will say, because I do have some other points to the points you just made, Batty. Mac Jones is out there throwing out blocks when your team's down 30. Mm-hmm. That shows he's a competitor and he yeah. wants to try to do everything to win, even when he's down 
by a large margin. So respect to Mac for that. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's done that a couple times this year. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a lot to learn. He's playing in the Northeast. That's not something mm-hmm. he's used to. When was the last time you think he threw a football with long sleeves and a hood over his head? He, he never did. Cause he never, played, he played his high school ball in Florida and then he played at Alabama. Exactly. So, you know, there's a lot to learn. And he, I mean, the fact that he caught praise from Bill Belichick and company in year one, it just really speaks volumes to Mac. I'm, 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 I'm impressed with him. And I do think the Patriots are best keeping him at quarterback and building around him Mm -hmm. Uh, by no means. Do I think they should give up on a kid who excelled in his rookie year in such a tough system, but I do think he could use some more playmakers. Okay. I have my thoughts on that powder. You've been waiting patiently. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, so kind of basically what you guys said about the game, my takeaways are the Bills are just a better team right now. But what I see is the Patriots have, I think, a brighter future. I think the Bills are – their window is very, very short Mm -hmm. because I think the NFL is very diverse. I really do think they're – like, obviously we might see – I think it might be Kansas City, Tampa Bay again this year, but – I don't think that's going to be a trend like how it was in basketball for seven years when it was LeBron versus Steph. I think, I think the Bills have a short window where the Patriots they're they're just getting started with Mac Jones. Um, but like you guys said, Mac Jones can handle spotlight. Spotlight. I really like that seeing him and seeing how much of a competitor he is. You saw why he was a winning quarterback at Alabama in high school at every level he's played at. And why it was a great thing that he felt the Patriots. I think he's perfect for this system. And my season-long takeaway is kind of similar to what Al said. I think the defense, we saw it the last year of Brady. They saw off 8-0, looked like one of the historic defenses of all time. Then the last eight games just looked sluggish. I think the defense has to go younger. I think that should be a main focus is getting the defense a little younger, a little more youth, a little more speed on it. And then focusing on the receivers, because I think Mac Jones, like Matt just said, open up the playbook a little. That might help um, make the receivers a little bit better. I think maybe in two years, focus on receivers. But I think the biggest need is to get a little more speed, a little more youth on this defense. Obviously, I like keeping some of the older guys as veterans because you always need that veteran leadership. But you need to go speed and have those guys to keep up with some of the most – like a Stephon Diggs or Tyreek Hill, those guys who need speed to keep up with them. So so you guys make great points. And, and here's what I want to say. To both your guys' points, especially Powder's point, the defense, you need to get younger. You need to get faster because you saw what the – you saw what Josh Allen did. Mm-hmm. You see with the Patriots against mobile quarterbacks, what happens? They just rush on them and they just – they get these long yards and then it makes it harder for them to be able to defend. Even like in Miami to attack by law, he's not very mobile, but those RPOs that they were running mm-hmm. Patriots don't know how to stop it and they have to be able to stop it. And I think being a little faster and more physical will help. And I don't care what anybody says. You need to get a number one receiver. Yeah. You need a number one receiver. I'm going to go bold here, fellas. I'm going to get really crazy now. Okay. I love Crazy Al. Good. You take away Matthew Slater because Matthew Slater is probably going to retire. Ultimate Patriot, but he, I think he's going to be done. Devin McCourty, I'd say 70-30 probably going to be done. He might come back for one more year to try to get it. Like he might have that bad taste in his mouth from the Buffalo game. Mm-hmm. Hightower, I don't know what happens. You ready for this? And I'm, I'm going to say this. This probably isn't going to be a popular opinion, but you think about it, it makes sense. 
I would cut Nelson Aguilar. You need the money? You need the money because here's why. Jacoby Myers is a restricted free agent. Resign him. He's already stated he wants to come back to New England, and he deserves to come back. Have Jacoby Myers as your number two receiver, Kendrick Bourne your number three, and go out, and I don't care how crazy this sounds, go get Chris Godwin from Tampa. He wants to leave. He wants the money. Bring Chris Godwin in or bring Allen Robinson in. I don't care. Bring in a number one yeah. receiver. You're not going to get Devontae Adams. He's going to go wherever Aaron Rodgers goes. If Rodgers stays in Green Bay, he's staying in Green Bay. Wherever Rodgers goes, he'll follow him. So you're not getting Devontae Adams. If you add a Robinson who needs a fresh start out of Chicago or you add a Chris Godwin out of Tampa that's looking to get out of there, there's your number one receiver. There's a guy that can be a playmaker. Do I think they – is that the number one necessity a wide receiver? No. But do I think it can be a necessity that they should pay attention to in the offseason? Yes. Get rid of the money. Take the $10 million cap hit for Nelson Aguilar. I don't care. Go get a number one receiver. You know, I I love that idea, and I think they have options to to either get a vet or or get someone in the draft. This is another very thick, deep uh, draft for receivers, so they could grab one. They just they have yet to show really any type of uh, ability to draft it. But maybe this year they let Josh McDaniels take the reins. I mean, you remember his one draft he had in Denver? The guy drafted Eric Decker and Demaryius Thomas, so clearly he can. He can spot him a little bit. And Demarius Thomas, if you remember, he played in a super run-heavy offense in Georgia mm-hmm. Tech. So they were able to find a diamond in the rough there. You know, maybe they can get some. There's a lot of good guys. Someone I would like them to get because he's you can get him late. He's not going to be your number one. He's super raw. But there's a, a wide receiver named Christian Watson. He plays for North Dakota State where uh, Carson Wentz played. 6'5", mm-hmm. 205, super playmaker. Gets a lot of big yards. Like, he... He looks like a potential weapon for a team that you can get in the fourth, fifth round. We'll see how he tests, but that's just a name that I could just see the Patriots locking onto, given his physicality. Oh, and by the way, to add on to that, because he sounds like a Nikhil Harry type. I'm not saying he similar game, but he just a big receiver. Cut Nikhil Harry too. Get rid of his. Yeah, uh, he. You don't need. You can. He's just a blocker now. He. He's good at blocking because he's a humongous human being. Uh, but this. Kid, it's not, he doesn't play like oh, Harry, so that's a good thing. Okay, he's so a kid that you can give end arounds to, jet sweeps to, put it, give him the ball in short distance and let him run with it. So he's got big playability. Just an obscure so we'll get, game. We'll, we'll, we'll remember the you name. Went crazy Alex just made me crazy, man. It's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have more of an overall offseason sort of Patriot show within the next couple of weeks. We're still letting the dust settle. You know, from the loss, and obviously the playoffs are going on. And speaking of the playoffs, powder, do we have the records from Wild Card Weekend? Um, give me one second. So while Powder does that, while he gets the rankings, we will preview the division games. So obviously, it's the same thing we did last week. Just pick the winner, no spread, mm-hmm. anything like that. Just pick the winner because obviously it's tough enough. So for the Saturday games on January twenty second, the four thirty game. The Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Tennessee to take on the number one seeded Tennessee Titans. Then the NFC game at 8:15 that night is San Francisco going up against number one seed Green Bay Packers. For the Sunday game, three o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Los Angeles Rams, Matt Stafford getting his first playoff win in 13 years. By the way, congrats mm-hmm. to Matt Stafford going up against the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. And then the final game, I think the best game overall in the divisional round, the 6:30 p.m. game. 
Buffalo Bills going to Kansas City to get their shot, a revenge shot at the Chiefs. Powder. Yep. So last week, uh, Maddie and I both picked Buffalo. Al, you picked New England when we actually did the picks. So, so right now, Maddie and I are one and zero, and um, Al is zero and one. Oh, I see what next- you did there. I see what you did yeah. there. <laughs> Then for the next game, I should have written these down, but I'm going off memory. I believe I picked Las Vegas, where both of you picked Cincinnati. Correct. Yes. Yep. So, so then Maddie's two and zero. Al's one and one, and I'm one and one. Then, Maddie, did you pick the 49ers or you picked Dallas? Al? I picked Dallas. We all picked I Dallas. Picked. Yeah. Okay. So we were all wrong on that one. And then we all picked Tampa Bay. Obviously, yep. that one's easy. Tampa Bay. We all picked Kansas City. Yep. That one was easy again. Kansas City. And then um, I think – did you pick the Rams, Al? I think I picked the Rams. Yeah. Maddie picked the Cardinals. Yeah. I th- and then who'd you pick? I think I agreed with the Rams because I didn't think Arizona was – So so we're legit. all four and two. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We're all four and two after yep. one weekend in the NFL playoffs. That's a winning record. Yeah. Yep. Oh, hey, listen, when we used to do these with Fiesta, like it would be me and then Pattern Fiesta would be fighting it out for a second. Like it yeah. wasn't even close. <laughs> but no, I'm glad we had some competition. So we'll go through the games Cincinnati, Tennessee. Maddie, you weren't here last week. We'll let you pick first. Set the tone. So- so Tennessee's at home, Tennessee at the bye, and I think Tennessee gets the win this week. They're eighth in uh, weighted DVOA, defensive metric, and they have a pretty fantastic uh, coverage grade, according to Pro Football Focus, which is the sixth best coverage grade. Uh, uh, where they may have issues is their pass rushing is not great, obviously, but given their ability to cover and the Bengals clearly need to air it out to win. I'm going to go with the home team with the bye. I'm going to go with the Titans. Okay. Powder? Yeah, I'm going to – this one I'm torn with a little bit, but I think the Titans just are going to come out. And like Matt just said, if they cover well, then I don't think the Bengals have much of a chance. So I'm going to go Titans. I want to take the Bengals here because my head is telling me Tennessee is coming off a bye. Derrick Henry's not 100%. Ryan Tannehill cannot win you a game if he has to throw the ball 25 times. But I'm going to be a square. I'm Don't be a square. The, I'm being a square. I'm Don't taking the be Titans. A square. I'm taking the Titans. It's a, it's the smart pick. You're going to be the, so mad when the Bengals win. I, I'm going to be furious next week. I have so this is a disclaimer right now. I have the right to be furious and throw a 10 second fit when nope. I find out that the Bengals no, you don't. win. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Not if you're going to be a square bear. You can't be hey, a square listen, bear and get my a podcast first. Uh-huh. I can do what I want. <laughs> Damn it. It's powder my podcast first. <laughs> but all right, we're all gonna take the Titans. Next game, the 815 game on Saturday night. The sixth seed, San Francisco 49ers. After an upset win over the Dallas Cowboys. Actually, it's not much of an upset, though, is it? Because Dallas is kind of meh. Hmm. Not great. Oh. Just saying. <laughs> Going to Green Bay, take on the Green Bay Packers. We'll start with Powder this time, and then I'll go next, and then Maddie. Powder, what do you got? 
I got uh, Packers win this. I think Aaron Rodgers is still on his um, fuck you tour where he's trying to just prove everybody wrong. And I think he's not going to (laughs) lose right now. Yeah, he's listen. Aaron Rodgers wants to go out in style because I don't think he's coming back to Green Bay in 2022. So I'm going to roll with the pack. I think they find a way to get to the NFC Championship and then get back to the Super Bowl, especially after last year when they should have been there. So I got Green Bay. Maddie? Got to be a clean sweep. I'm not going against the Packers because even if the Niners pull out to a lead like they did against Dallas, we saw Jimmy G in the second half. Man, that dude crumbles. So easily in the second half, it's him and Shanahan. What a what a soft finisher that team really has. And Rogers is the opposite. Rogers could be down three scores in the second court in the second half, and I could just see him still storming back in and win at home. All right, so clean sweep of Green Bay across the board. Two clean sweeps so far as we head into Sunday. NFC three o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, January twenty third. We got the Los Angeles Rams. Traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. I'll start us off in this one. I'm going with the home team. I'm going with Tampa Bay. You know, I just think the Rams, they had their playoff win. They beat the Cardinals. They beat them in convincing fashion. But you know what? It's still Matt Stafford, a quarterback. It's still a guy that I think he's going to make a lot of mistakes, and he's going to throw a costly pick in the fourth quarter, and it's going to propel the Bucs to the win. So give me Tampa Bay going back to the NFC Championship game. I'm going to agree with you. At the end of the day, I love McVay. I love what he's doing there. That offense is super potent. But at the end of the day, I'm not taking Stafford over Brady. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could go against you guys. I really do. But Do it, Powder. I just I can't go against Bray, Tom Brady in the playoffs. Not right now. That's, that's exactly what I felt too, man. It's like, man, I really like this, this Rams defense. They have weapons on offense. They can exploit this terrible secondary of the Bucks, but Brady at home, baby, giving me all day. Yeah. All right. The final game on Sunday, the last divisional round game. The three seed Buffalo Bills traveling to the two seed Kansas City Chiefs. Maddie? Making me go first so I can't get any competitive edge. That's fine. I'll just. Stick to my guns. I'm going Buffalo. The way they came out to play against the Patriots, I understand maybe the Patriots were a little bit, uh, you know, kind of outgunned, but that was seven touchdowns in the first seven drives. Josh Allen was, he was perfection in that game. And they just seemed like they got that je ne sais quoi. So I'm going with Buffalo. All right. Powder. So who I was going to pick. I just, like you said, just the way they came out, I think Kansas City is really good. I think this is, like Al said, the best game of the weekend. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be close, but I think Josh Allen has something to prove. I think he really wants to beat Mahomes and say, you're not the best quarterback in the AFC right now. I am, and I think I think Buffalo's going to come out and get the revenge at Kansas City and win this game. I thought I was going to be the sly one taking Buffalo, but apparently I'm not that sly. (laughs) Give me Buffalo. Cause honestly, I think, listen, I think the chiefs aren't what they once were. I think that they struggle at times offensively. And I think this Buffalo defense is fast. They know how to beat Kansas city. They can do it. And they, I think they're clicking at the right time on offense. So give me the bills. So just to, to, 
kind of recap it. We all took Tennessee over Cincinnati. We all took Green Bay over San Francisco. We all took Tampa Bay over the Rams, and we all took Kansas City. Or sorry, we all took Buffalo to upset Kansas City. Can I go the Bengals to get a competitive edge? I'm going to do it if you let me. I'm taking it. Let's go, Joey B. All right. Let me change that. You know what? I'll do it too. I'm joining Maddie on the bandwagon. I'm going back. I'm going back to the Titans. All right. I'm taking the Titans now. (laughs) Fine. We'll all just stick to the same. We'll stick, all right, all we'll right. stick to what was what we came prepared to say. All right, all right. <laughs> put me down for the Bengals. Power, put me down for the Bengals. Okay. <laughs> if he says it, he's just joking, I promise. No, but I was actually going to take the Bengals. I know you said that, but then you did it, so I was going to sleep and take it, but I guess we're just I the three best friends that anyone ever had. We all the same things. All right, so <laughs> there are our picks for a divisional round weekend. This is why we need Maddie on more yeah. with us because we just we have so much fun, and I love it. We do have fun. This is fun. Oh, man, but now we're going to take the time to sit back and relax for a second. Yeah. And what better way to relax than with a massage from our friends at Exogun? Because the Legend Single Podcast is brought to you also by our friends at Exogun. Have you ever done a workout and feel like you need a massage right after? Well, get that massage without leaving your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down anymore. His Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Exogun is portable, adjustable, powerful, and trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery experience. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with the code CGS10 at checkout. That's CGS10. Exogun comes with a charger and a carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. Almost made it through that ad, like squeaky clean. I had that little hiccup yep. right there. Oh, well, it is what it is. Yep. Segway to baseball. We actually have something to talk about. Red Sox related too. Are they yes. back? Uh, did they agree on something? Or are we back? Oh, absolutely not. You got a better chance of, <laughs> uh, you know, you got a better chance. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even <laughs> want to get into all the possibilities of what we could see before that happens. But John Lester. Yes, that John Lester. Calling it a career. After about 15 years, I think it was 16 to be exact, 16 years in the MLB between playing for the Boston Red Sox, the Oakland Athletics, the Chicago Cubs, Washington Nationals, and the St. Louis Cardinals. Those last two are just really weird. I know. (laughs) Lester has called it a career. And honestly, this stat is mind-blowing to me. His ERA with the Red Sox and ERA with the Cubs was the exact same. I know. I saw that in your article. You saw that? (laughs) 3.64 ERA. Now, this is a guy, and, and I posed this question in the blog that Powder is talking about. Go check it out, couchguysports.com. I posed the question, and I'll, I'll ask it in a second, but just overall reactions to the announcement of Lester's retirement. Go to Powder, then we'll go to Maddie, then I'll throw in a few thoughts. Powder, what did you think? It didn't surprise me. Like, probably most people should have seen it coming. Um, he had a hell of a career, three rings. Um, was he world? No, I don't think he was a world series MVP, but he was, um, very pivotal in two of the three and even Oh seven, like you said in your article coming back from cancer, helping the Red Sox win a world series. Um, just one hell of a career. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Maddie. 
just one of those guys. It's so hard to root against both on and off the field. He is the exact embodiment of what you want to teach your kids or your, or the kids you're coaching or whoever, you know, he just took the ball every fifth day. And that was honestly my favorite thing about him was from 2008 to 2019, he pitched damn near 200 innings a year. And you don't see that anymore. He's just, he's, the last of a dying breed in terms of strategy with your starting pitchers. And he just, he has the accolades that, that, you know, Red Sox fans and Cubs fans are just, uh, they were excited to see him go out there and, mm-hmm. and take the ball. And uh, I'm, I'm glad he's leaving on a semi good note. I know he didn't have a great year last year, but he threw 141 innings. He had a 4.7 mm-hmm. ERA. He was serviceable. So yeah. to see him go out on a shield, you know, for a guy who's just so beloved, uh, I'm happy for him. I am too. You know, Lester is a guy that he's been, he went through so much in his career, you know, with the cancer treatments mm-hmm. and just battling every day, being a bulldog ace for those later year Red Sox teams that he was mm-hmm. on. So here's the thing. And this is the question that I'm going to ask you guys right now. Powder, you know my stance on it because you yeah. read my blog and I will share mine in a second. Wait, you assumed I didn't read it? Did you read it? I did. Oh, wow. I did not know you read it. My apologies. Okay, so you both read it. So you both know my take on it. So that being said, would you consider John Lester? So say, so Lester, say he makes it to the Hall of Fame, which I think he has a pretty good shot of doing it. Say he makes it into the Hall of Fame. They got to pick a half for him. Should he go in as a Red Sox or should he go in as a Cub? Because you know he's not going in as an athletic. He was only there for half a year. It was only one year with the Cardinals, one year with the Nationals. So it's either going to be the Red Sox or the Cubs. It's one of the two. To me, the easy choice is the Red Sox because that's where he started his career. That's where he wanted to build a home. He won two World Series titles. He was a three-time All-Star. He was the ace of that staff. He wanted to stay. That's what people forget. When he signed with the Cubs in 2015, he was very close to re-signing with Boston. Mm -hmm. He wanted to come back. But the Cubs just had a little bit better offer for him. So in my eyes, and listen, with the Cubs, he did really well too. Won a World Series title, was an all-star, I think in 2018 for the Cubs. So he did his damage in Chicago too, but I think at the end of the day, people will remember him more for what he did with the Red Sox. So my pick is he goes in as a Red Sox. What about you, Matty? I I completely agree. Obviously, I'm biased. I'm a huge Red Sox fan, and I'm a huge uh, John Lester fan. So I think the right thing is to go with the Red Sox for all the reasons you stated. He started there. Won two World Series there. You know, everything was built off his success here in Boston. And I, I, I would just, I would honestly be devastated if he chose the Cubs, if I'm being honest. Okay. Mr. Powder. Obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know my first team is the Red Sox and my second team is Cubs. So seeing him with both of those is just awesome. But I think at the end of the day, like both of you said, he won two World Series with the Red Sox. I think he has a little bit, even though he had a great tenure with the Cubs, I just think it's a little more memorable with the Red Sox. I think just what he did for the city, but obviously winning the first World Series 108 years with the Cubs was huge for Chicago. So, but I just think um, he's going to go in as a Red Sox and the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure the Hall of Fame picks for these now they pick the half for you you don't pick it oh interesting yeah yeah i think they do pick it and and to go with something powder said earlier lester would have been 
the 2013 World Series MVP if it wasn't for David Ortiz hitting over yeah. 600. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been easily the World Series MVP. So that leads me to just one other question. What is your favorite John Lester moment? I think the no-hitter for me when he threw it back in, I think it was 07. I think it was his rookie year. No, it was 08. Or was it 08? I think it was 08. Against the Royals, right? He threw it against the Royals. Lester, no-hitter. 2008. Okay, so in 08, so sorry. So in 08, no-hitter he had was just incredible, and it showed what we had you know, to look forward to. And real quick before I get your guys' take, I was watching ESPN 30 for 30 shorts and I watched the Alex Rodriguez deal one. I still cannot believe that he was going to be one of the pieces that went to Texas. If hmm. a rod ended up coming to Boston, I still yeah. can't believe that it's crazy. Him and Manny, that yeah. would have been, that would not have gone over well. Let's just no. say that. Do you remember the other rumored trade that was? It was uh yeah, Maglio or Donez. Ma- yeah, yeah, no more for Maglio Donez, and they were gonna trade to get uh A Rod on this team. Yeah, that was a wild uh, time. And hmm. I was such order- a big A Rod fan too back then. And the, right, and the order was gonna be like Johnny Damon, Bill Miller, A Rod, or Donez or Tease. That, yeah. that that might have been kind of fun to watch, not gonna lie. Yeah. That one through five would have been really, really fun to watch. Yes, definitely. But um, anyways, other Lester moments that we loved? So um, I don't know if it was my absolute favorite, but it was definitely up there. It's that game one in, in the 2013 World Series. He came out and was an absolute stud, set the tone. Boston won that game eight to one. Didn't give up a single run in the game. You know, just those big time moments where where John Lester just continuously thrived, and it just it's uh, I'm getting just excited and happy talking about his career because I think he's one of those guys in our lifetime. You know, we we watched him growing up. It's just awesome to see him uh, get his his due. I have to go with uh, Game Four of the 2007 World Series. I'll look up his exact stat line right now. Um, but just, dominant. yeah, just um, coming in off of cancer and everything, everything he faced and all that stuff. And him just, um, let's see, lesser five and two thirds, three hits, zero runs, three walks, three Ks. In just, Colorado too, right? Yep, in mm-hmm. Colorado. Big deal. That's just big to deal seal the deal on a four-game sweep of the Rockies and win the second World Series um, in three years or four years. So just unbelievable start to just show that the Red Sox, that was his first year in the big leagues. Just, Hey, Red Sox fans, I'm going to be the ace in the future for you guys. Just, this is what you have to look forward to. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned hall of fame powder and we'll talk about it really quick right now. Mm-hmm. MLB hall of fame ballot ballots out. And then the correct me if I'm wrong ballots out. And then the yeah. names of the inductees are being announced next week, right? Yes. Next Tuesday at, give me one second. Next Tuesday at, um, where is it? MLB Network. Just, it doesn't say exactly what time, but you can it'll be next Tuesday. Around like probably between 6 and 8 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. right prime time, yeah. Yeah, right around yeah. dinner time. Yeah. So put it this way. I think David Ortiz is going to get in. 
who else is really going to get in? So as of right now, there's some Twitter accounts that track the voting as um, ballots come live. If people post them or whatever, not every ballot becomes public. But right now they have 43.6% of the ballots are public that they know of. Right now, Dave Ortiz is in the lead with 83.6%. I think that's right around the border of you're almost guaranteed at this point. I don't think 50% of the votes are all going to say no to David Ortiz. Yeah. They'll not let him in. So it looks like David will get in there. Barry Bonds is over the 75% threshold with 77.2. So it's on the line, depending on how that last 56% goes, depending on how it goes. And Roger Clemens is just over the line at 76%. So he's a borderline guy who knows how the last um, votes go for him, whether they push him in. But Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are both on their last year on the ballot. Just vote them both in. Get them both in there. Bonds, we know he had his stuff, but guess what? He still had some great years in Pittsburgh and San Francisco. Roger Clemens was good with the Red Sox, with the Blue Jays, with the Yankees, obviously. Had some years with the Astros he was good, too. So, you know what? Just vote them both in. Get them both in there. And Ortiz, obviously, should be no doubt. It could be such an important Hall of Fame ceremony for this class. Think about it. A DH and two guys who are kind of the perceived faces of the steroid era. All three go in. I think finally, just finally, we will break through this old, dusty way of thinking. And we can get this ball rolling. As they should. As the writers should. And the one guy that's not going to get in, it looks like, Kurt Schilling only has 59.6% of the votes. I do not think year, the right? last, yep. I do not think the last, all the last 50% are going to say yes to Kurt Chilling. So I think Kurt Chilling, who was the closest last year, but he said, if you didn't vote me in now, just don't vote me in. I think everybody's listened to him and not going to vote him in. <laughs> well, I think, I think the thing that hurts Kurt Chilling is he's so outspoken about his political yeah. views. Not that it's a bad thing to talk about what your beliefs are. But he's he's kind of he's taken to Twitter and he's gotten into fights over it. And I think that's lost him some publicity. Yeah, because you take a look at some of his, you know, some of his work, his work with the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, the Red Sox, obviously, like he had some really great years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He should be in, too. I would have voted him in. I I understand these people not wanting to if he's rubbed them the wrong way because some of these guys he's had personal interactions with and like tell you you talk shit to me and you think I'm gonna put you in and that's just Mm -hmm. like if I have if you guys are voting and you know they're like wait that's my friend you're not gonna you know what I mean it's just yeah it's a bad taste I get it yeah I think eventually Kurt will get in with the whatever will be called at that point said like twelve different names with the old time committee the veterans committee whatever it's called in like ten to however long it takes for him to get eligible by them. I think it's like 10 or 15 years after their, um, their last year on the ballot. I think court Kurt will be a hall of famer at some point. That's a good call. Get Schilling to the hall of fame and get us mm. a good bite to eat at a and B kitchen and bar. Mm. Yes. That's where we love to eat. I know powder loves it, yes. especially I like their food a lot. We love the owners and powder's going to tell you a little bit more about it right now. And an ad read. Yes, so Amy Kitchen and Bar is located in Boston. They also have a location in Beverly called A&B, um, A&B Burgers. A&B Kitchen and Bar is in Boston. 
and they're located on Causeway Street, just across the street from the TD Garden. They're a new spot to meet up before or after a game for dinner or drinks, offering an elevated take on traditional New England pub menu with freshly made in-house dishes like chicken pot pie, meatloaf made with gankly rays, beef from Naaman Ranch, local clams, and andaloid sausage or locally caught fish and chips. Draft beers from area breweries like Gentile Brewery in Beverly, Lord Hobo, and Notch Pear perfectly as well. Looking for patio dining, A&B has a raised, raised patio, spectacular views of both the garden and the Zagum Bridge. With heaters, you can enjoy the outdoor seating for an extended season. Also, 32 feet of open garage doors along Causeway Street and 16 feet along Beverly Street. You can, you can sit inside, but have all the benefits of open-air dining experience. Don't have tickets, but want to watch a game along amongst fans? There are nine installed 70-inch TVs, so there isn't a bad seat in the whole house. Open Monday through Sunday at 3 p.m. If there's a day game on a weekend, they're open at 11 a.m. Shout out to our friends at A&B Kitchen and mm-hmm. Bar. I know we've said multiple times we're looking to do a giveaway, but we'll make sure that we actually have the gift certificates to be able to do that giveaway. Yes. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Final topic of the night. We're going to hit on this very briefly. The NBA trade deadline is about three and a half weeks away. Boston Celtics are a name that have come up repeatedly. And there are, you know, a number of guys that we can talk about, but we're going to kind of keep it very brief. So Brian Robb of the, of 98.5, and he's a beat reporter for Mass Live. And if it's Robb or Rob, I apologize for how I said your name, but so be it had a tweet earlier tonight that said the Celtics are reportedly investigating the trade value on Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, and and other second and third year players ahead of the trade deadline. So the Celtics are going to be busy. They are 23 and 22. They got above 500. Finally. Thank goodness. Yay for the Celtics golf claps. Yay, 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 yay. But they're looking to make moves. And if I'm the Celtics, I'm going to keep this really brief. There are two guys that you need to trade no matter what. Marcus Smart is one of them. Dennis Schroeder is the other one. Dennis Schroeder's here on a one-year deal, $5.8 million. He's not that expensive. There's a team, there's a contender that's going to be looking to add a bench piece or maybe a sixth man or maybe even a point guard. Who knows what they need? And with Marcus Smart, you'll get a ton of assets back. You can get draft picks for him. You can even get an NBA-ready player for him. And I have a, a blog coming out on Friday about going back to Schroeder. I have a couple trades that I would put in mind. And honestly, I'll spoil one of them. I would call the Pacers and see what it would take to get DeMontis Sabonis in here. He's an all-star. He's a guy that can give you double a double-double every night. He's having some of his best year. I think he's averaging like 25 and 12 a game, 25 points, 12 rebounds a game. So you know what? Go get that guy and you can pair him with Robert Williams. It's a pretty good 4-5 down low especially to yeah. go along with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and then insert point guard here. So that's my take on it. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on just like the trade deadline or any pieces that they want to move, any pieces you don't want to see leave that you think could end up leaving. I don't, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with the, the, the rumored trade pieces. Are they going to use smart or, or Schroeder or, uh, 
anyone else to buy or are they going to regroup? Uh, but either way, I'm okay with them trading smart. I'm okay with them trading shorter. The, the, the scenario you just laid out, Al, if that happens, I will be a very happy camper. Sabonis has been on an absolute heater for the last two years. Very good player for the Indiana Pacers. So, yeah, I'm okay with them making moves. They got to do something. You better believe they do because they, they cannot compete right now. They'll be lucky to make the play-in tournament or even get a last spot in the playoffs without having to be in the play-in tournament. We'll see. Powder, any thoughts? No, kind of have to agree with you guys. I don't think the Celtics can stay still and not make a move. I think they have to get rid of someone. And Marcus Smart, obviously, is the guy who's been rumored every year, either if it's around this time or for trade deadline or in the offseason to be moved in. Obviously, I hate seeing him to go because I think he's a great leader, but obviously if he can get you some good pieces in return, I think he's someone that the Celtics need to let go and um, find a new home for him and get some new blood in here because sometimes that's all it takes is getting a few more pieces and getting um, them revamped. Maybe it's not for this year. Maybe it's reloading for next year or the year after. Celtics need to do something. Because I've said it multiple times. I've had multiple fits on the show about it. They are not a contender right now. They are a team that is trying to find their way. They're mediocre. And I don't know what they're going to do. But it's, listen, the Patriots season's over. Red Sox, we don't know if they're going to have a season. Hockey's not my thing. So the Celtics are all I really have right now. So if they're going to struggle, it's not going to be great. At least be fun. Yeah, Yeah, please, please make it competitive. Powder looks like he's distracted. So that I think that's our cue to uh, wrap it up for the night. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this week's episode, guys? Uh, all I have to say is adding a team to the NFL playoffs did not seem to work over there. Wildcard weekend. Nope. A lot of blowouts. Powder, yeah. anything? No, just stay tuned for, I was, I know I promised last week I'd have my um, first blog out in a while, but life happens. Next week, I'll definitely have it out. I'll have a little bit more free of a Tuesday. and uh, But just look out. I'll probably have an article on whoever gets in the Hall of Fame. I'll break so, the news. So, Matty, you're a witness now. So, we I'm got here. two witnesses I here. see this and I hear this. Uh, make sure to check out everything on couchguysports.com from Powder and I's blogs to Matty's podcast and blogs to everything else that everybody else is doing on the channel. Going back to the number of views that we used to get daily, we're getting back to that slowly mm-hmm. but steadily. So we're, we're heading back in the right direction. Again, rate and subscribe to everything Couch Guy Sports. Follow Couch Guy Sports on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Lingo Legends, Instagram, uh, Legends Lingo, and everywhere else. Rate, subscribe to the Legends Lingo podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, excuse me, Anchor, and everywhere else in between. Shout out to our sponsors at A&B Kitchen and Bar, Exo Gun, and Shocked Energy. But if nothing else, we got Tom Powder Cadmus. We got Maddie Keeble. I'm your host, Alan Hegan. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, listening. And we'll see you next week for episode 157. Yes, sir.